How do you make millions of dollars playing basketball without making the NBA? Meet Grayson Boucher, aka The Professor. He has 5 million Instagram followers, 6 million on TikTok, 7 million YouTube subscribers, and over a billion views. But how did he get here? The Professor started his streetball career with the N1 Mixtape Tour in 2003, where he became world famous for his insane handles and trick shots. In this episode, we chopped it up about the secrets to staying famous, his side hustles when he almost went broke, and how you can make money with content. Then we hit the court where the professor taught me the same iconic moves he teaches the NBA's biggest stars. For the first time ever, the professor reveals his exact contract numbers, breaks down all of his revenue streams, and says exactly how much he makes today as one of the biggest creators in the world. I made like Welcome to Money Talks. You've really been doing your thing a long time, man. Humble, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> appreciate it, man. We're trying to keep it going. I you know? <laughs> uh, appreciate you coming. Um, I want to start at the beginning. How'd you get your name? That's yeah, the- so um, back in the day, you know, you couldn't just like give yourself a nickname. Now, when people start their social and they just kind of like nickname themselves. <laughs> it used to be more like, it used to be like honor in it, you know? And like, if you got a nickname, it was like, it was like respect behind it. Mm. So like someone else had to knight you someone with Someone else had to give you a name that was credible, you know, that they could respect. So um, I got the name from Duke Tango. He was like the original MC at Rucker Park. They call him the original voice of Streetball. But he was the MC on the N1 Mixtape Tour, too. A lot of people don't even remember him, but they remember his sound bites. Like, we used to do something crazy. He used to be like, oh, baby. <laughs> but uh, he named a lot of the legends in the, the N1 Mixtape Tour. So he gave me the name in 03 said I was schooling people on the court but I think he also thought I looked like a professor it was like it worked both ways <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's funny um so you joined the 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 iconic N1 streetball tour when you were 18 yeah um how'd that come about man you know I was actually a fan so I was I was in high school culturing N1 as a fan like you know back in the day N1 was the first company to have long shorts you know that go below your yep. knee so like I had the long shorts, I had the trash talk tees. They had just dropped those uh, slip on, you know the they were called Tachillins. They were the first shoe that was like a slip on. Like Nike got all the shoes with no laces. Uh-huh, yeah, really copying and one the Tachillins. I don't remember those. Yeah, so I'm culturing and one like head to toe, and then even just like all day practicing the moves and all that more than the NBA. And so when I show up. <clears throat> to the and one game i'm there as a fan just to watch my idols do their thing and then they had these tryouts and so i'm like hey man nothing to lose so i go out there and next thing i know a crowd going crazy got a few people you know crossed a few people up and then um i got invited into the building to play against the and one team that night so here we are i'm having a back and forth with hot sauce and sick with it and a few other dudes and uh basically after that they it was just me and another dude that got invited to go play but out of everybody who was like quote unquote on the bus or in the contest for the reality TV show that I had no idea was going on, um, I got you know voted to go on tour with them, and so I went through this whole summer long thirty five city tour, and it came down to the very end, and that's how I got my contract. I ended up winning. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. It was it was actually um, the reality TV had just started, <laughs> so this is going back you know what I'm saying a couple decades, but. There was that TV show Survivor. And so and one used that same principle as like a survivor contest. So you try out in your local city. If you're one of the best in that city, you get 
invited on the tour, you're called on the bus. There was like three people on at all times. And then every few games, or really every game is elimination game. If you don't play good, you go home. And there was like, so out of three people, two will stay and one will leave. Mm. And so I just kept making it past the elimination games. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Started as a fan. Um, so since it's money talks, I want to get into like how much were and one players making at the time. This mm. is like what, 20 years ago? Yeah. Uh, it ranged. It ranged. You know, I never got exact numbers from other people, mm-hmm. you know, but like I think my first contract maybe was like 60 or 70K. Or something like that. And you got to think I'm 18. So like getting to play pro nice. right away. Be on a TV show. You get more airplay than the NBA. You know what I mean? I was looking at it like it was amazing. And then. Um, and that was for like uh, like a season just type? Just for one thing? year. Just for. Yeah. Okay. It was, yeah. it was by the year with as many games as they wanted within that year. But you know, we would do like the summer long tour was 30 plus cities. We would do a few overseas tours and then like some appearances. And that would be the year. So I wasn't complaining. I know some dudes, some of the OGs, I think we're getting six figures that time. And then as it progressed, we were in multi six figure territory. And I remember, I think I even made one of the years, my biggest year, I made like 750 K. Wow. And then, yeah, so my whole run probably made a few million dollars, but, um, but they, yeah, our, our salaries and everything, it was never public. It wasn't like the league. You could figure it out. Yeah, so yeah. People, it's funny. I think you're the first person to ever just ask that directly. It's <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> I was asked those questions, and if people don't want, that's why it's like worded like, how much were people making? So if you don't want to say, you don't have to. Yeah, but nah, it's whatever. You yeah, know? yeah. You know, yeah. it's cool. It's cool to educate people because I feel like people have no idea about that kind of stuff. I think so you know? too. And I think there was sort of a, a myth behind it too. You could just assume back in the days, if somebody's on TV, they're millionaires right yeah and i think like people knowing the real it helps give people better perspective when they're trying to do their thing because there's yeah. people on tv shows now that they struggling to make it and they're hoping you know what i'm saying they're hoping for the best and to be able to build and become that millionaire or whatever you know yeah. what I mean? but you can be deceived just by the the glitz yeah. and glamour right la is weird like that yeah. like i've met a lot of people who are a lot more famous than they are rich here yeah 100 percent. and i would say you know Myself, even, you know, for at least half of my career, my name was always way bigger than my bank account, for sure. Mm. And I think, to a degree, a lot of people's are that are famous, period, right? Even Lil Wayne, his net worth is like several hundred million. And he said it's nowhere near that in real life. Mm. And he said, he's and from his vantage point, he said that no celebrity is near their, their net worth. Yeah. Mine's bigger than mine's Google. So <laughs> I'm just going to put that on record. Yeah, I ain't nowhere near Wayne. <laughs> I feel like the, those Google numbers are way off. They're either way too high, way too low. No think, one knows. Yeah, I mean, I think they're ballpark. Mine, mine used to be right. You know what I'm saying? It used to be <laughs> accurate. But, uh, but yeah, I think it just depends, right? I mean, and how can they have it exact, right? They're just yeah. basing it off. Okay, we see a social. Here's his YouTube. We see the the, the view generate, generate yeah. from that. Oh, he owns this business. We're going to guess it's that big. Oh, he might have some investments. We'll throw that on there. You, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, even like the Forbes list, which is the most accurate one of all, because they really go through like, okay, like Jay-Z owns like this, 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 and they, but they don't actually know what his equity is and they're all private companies. So they're, they're just saying like, well, we're going to estimate that this alcohol brand's worth 700 million and he owns 60% and that's 420 million. Like they're just estimating. And like, at the end of the day, that's not liquid. And that like, you know what I mean? So all these numbers are, it's like, yeah, it's, it's all estimation. Yeah. It's hard to get that. Yeah, that exact number, <laughs> that vulnerability. Because even the Forbes, right? The Forbes is marketing. 
There's people, there's yeah. celebrities who may have been more wealthy than people that were on the Forbes that were like, hey, I'm good. We don't need to put that out there. We're yeah, I'm chilling. not trying like, to. Yeah, like I think Nick Cannon was talking about that recently. He was saying that like, uh, you know, like like the Olsen twins were like billionaires on the Forbes, but like he didn't believe it or something. He's like, like no. Nah. He's like, billionaires from what? You know, or whatever. And then um, I think there was another conversation on different podcasts I was listening to about how it's just marketing. If you want to do that, you can. Yeah. Sure, it helps you lead to other business opportunities, but yeah, and then they, then people run with that story, like you know, Kanye is now a billionaire. It's not like one night he just became a billionaire. It's yeah, like, it's not like his account like yeah, yeah, like yeah. increased. People you know think it's mean? like zero to a billion, but it went up. Yeah, but I think uh, yeah, it's interesting how it works, right? Yeah. yeah. So back to so and one the the whole the whole mixtape uh, tour and everything as a business. Yeah, how, that lasted seven eight years. Uh well, and one started as a you know it's a clothing company. yeah yeah it for sure. I had the Thai cheese back in the day oh, yeah, had, oh, yeah for sure Same here. All I'm, the rock, I'm rocking them my senior yeah. year if you look at my high school mixtape right now on my YouTube channel I've got the Thai cheese on I actually the just they just like either retro them or they're selling them and I buy all the old sneakers I'm bro about you're to buy up some, on the sneaker so. game I'm looking over here you got the shocks the T Max now you got the Thai cheese oh, so yeah, I, they're now coming. I know. You were really tapped in. LeBron ones. That's my biggest. I've like so many LeBron ones. That's what I wear everywhere. You know, that's pretty hard, man. And you know, it actually pisses me off that they retro them every couple of years because I keep them and I have them to pull out, and then they retro them, and you know, everyone can get them at Foot Locker. And I'm trying like, damn, be, I've been holding, be ahead of the game. holding these for nine years or whatever. <laughs> like, what? But yeah. um, but yeah. So why do you think and one the, the whole the whole tour and everything like failed as a business? Yeah. So sorry. Going back to the other question though. Ninety three, the company started. Oh yeah. Okay. It's still alive today. It's yeah. still a top brand at Walmart. It's yeah, top yeah, sports yeah. brand at Walmart. Like it's on that mass brand tip now. So it went a long time. Um, but as far as ESPN five, uh, let's see, oh two to oh eight seven six or seven seasons. Um. Why did it fade out is what you're saying? Because uh, it got bought out by a different entity, you mm -hmm. know? And I think you learn in business. I wish I would have had somebody kick me some knowledge back then, like what that actually means. But, you know, it's just like a, it's like a sports team, right? If you get a new coach or, or a new GM, you know, everything changes. You, know yep. what I mean? you change shop, you change your goals, you change your approach, you change the roles of the people within it. Marketing changes, the whole nine. So... Right away, when American Sporting Goods bought it in 2006, that next year, the tour just wasn't the same. There wasn't the same marketing dollars put in. Uh, there was actually a split between the M1 team. Like Some guys went with a different entity, and some guys stayed uh, because we were told that the new regime wasn't going to be the same. You know, There was some confusion there. But So the team split. Uh, the shoes, you can't find them anymore. They were in like JCPenney and Big Five. Just all of a sudden, they're not in Foot Locker, mm -hmm. Foot Action, no more Champ Sports. So that got confusing. And then, um, you know, made it lower quality. The American Sporting Goods were making them in their factories. And they made like casual shoes or like dress wear. Mm -hmm. So like they don't know how to make a comfortable performance shoes. You know, you want to get in that sneaker game. You want to make a comfortable basketball shoe. You got to spend. It's like, that's it's hard to make a comfortable basketball shoe. You know what I mean? That's good for performance. Mm. So immediately everything was low grade. You couldn't find the gear. The team was different. Um, I think even on ESPN, after 06, it didn't air as much. 07 and 08, we didn't get as much spin on ESPN. Mm. Yeah. So it just kind of faded out and then. Yep. 
And so at that time, was your was your dream when you were like 18 and, and starting to get that? Was it NBA? Was that on your radar as like your dream? Yeah, and I think every Hooper, you know, yeah. you want to be in the NBA. Streetball just came out of nowhere for us. You know what I mean? Obviously, it had been a thing on the East Coast, you know, like Rucker Park, you know, like the mecca of streetball. So like if you lived in New York, you know, Rutgers and Harlem and you probably like know about that world. But it had never been like a genre globally. And so and one basically took streetball you know as we know like the gritty you know true form of streetball and then brought it to the world so this genre pops up out of nowhere and i fell in love with it because the way i played real ball was like on some showtime stuff mm -hmm. i loved tim hardaway i loved Allen iverson rod strickland a lot of these like showtime point guards isaiah thomas these are like how i came up so i always tried to play with like throwing no looks and crossovers and so when and one came and you saw that crowd energy and then the innovation of the new moves, I, I was all in. I remember playing NBA Street a lot as a kid. Yeah, NBA the, Street was hard. Yeah. And that was basically the NBA's attempt to compete with it, you know, to have some sort of a product like and one. Mm. You know what I mean? Because and one, we had their own video games too. You know, we had street hoops and then we had and one. Yeah. I think it was just called and one street ball, the second game. Um, and it was getting a lot of buzz, but NBA Street was pretty sick. Do you think so from as a casual fan watching, like sometimes you see like guys like yourself with the mm. crazy moves and you're like, these guys are better than NBA guys. Like, they, like, you know, so how do you think, like, what do you think the difference in level is or how do you think you'd fare in the NBA or at the time or now, whatever, you know? Yeah, it's a good question. I think there's a lot of myths surrounding that people are misled. Uh, there people, everybody likes to swing real big on things. There's never any in-betweens. I notice on mass opinions, just with anything, of course, politics, yeah. <laughs> sports, everybody tries to go all the way to the left or all the way to the right. The truth is, cause, cause like some people would say like, and one players were garbage. Like that's, they can't even play that ain't, you know, it's not for the <laughs> league. Right. But then other players would be like, yo, like back in the day, they'd be like, Professor and Iverson, they need to play one on one. That'd yeah. be crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like even today, right? It'd be like And it's rare to see the crossover except like the Drew League or something. And then sometimes you do see moves. like Well, they, they use well, the just NBA. in terms of like you see a guy who works at like Walmart and he's playing against James Harden and it's like head to head and it's like actually like competitive and people are yeah. still like, Is he really trying? It's but it's like so it's hard to know that. Yeah, it is. It is hard to know. Yeah, because you do have some good, you know, really good players who aren't in the NBA that could compete at the NBA level. You know, like there's like this dude, Frank Nitty, who's like really good at the Drew League and he doesn't play in the league. That's a guy I think yeah. I was thinking of. Shout yeah. out Frank Nitty. But yeah. Um, so, yeah, it can be confusing. But no, the truth is with Anwan, everybody was a pro level player. I'm not saying an NBA level. But we did have a few guys that could be on a roster in the NBA, but they don't get the opportunity for whatever reason. It's like you just didn't get the look. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you don't fit the position the best. You know, some some guys were really good, but they didn't they didn't like fit an NBA position because dudes are big. You know, it's like you could be incredible player, but you're like six five and you play like a four man. You're not really gonna play a four. The four in the NBA is six nine, mm -hmm. six ten. So it could be a tweener thing. And then like even for me, you know, like. I got so much better after my freshman year in college, but like nobody was there to really like affirm that I got way better. So <clears throat> I signed up street ball. I got no more college eligibility. So going to try to make the NBA again, like once I was on a couple of years, I was like, man, you know, even my coach, he was an ex NBA player. He's like, man, you can play in the league, man. He's like, you got to work hard. You got to make the right moves, but you can play in the league. That's what he said. Shout out Steve Burt. And so I was like, you know, tried to recommit to that, but the politics are completely against me because I'm a street ball player. You know, mm. back then it was looked like it was like circus basketball, the GMs 
and the the NBA elite high ups didn't really respect it. Whereas like fast forward current day, I got friends who are assistant coaches. I got I just met Kyrie a week ago and he was like, Oh yeah, I've been watching since I was little, man. It's incredible. You you know, you're still going, boom, boom, boom. You know what I mean? Like, Cause that next generation came up watching yeah, you. And uh LeBron's movie that just came out yeah. on Peacock. In the movie, it's reenacting him and his high school homies, right? Their whole story. They're watching and we're mixtape. Oh, that's crazy. So like, so it's just, it's a different time now. The politics weren't on your side. If you play on an and one, you're trying to make the league back then. Mm. It weren't on your side. Because even Skip to my Lou, who had the most successful run. Right, for all. As far yeah. as like conventional ball. He had a hard time staying in the NBA and even making it because like that Showtime persona was on him. But refs didn't like it. Coaches didn't like it. You know what I mean? Um, he played for the Raptors, right? Yeah, he did a great career. I'm, uh, he, I'm from I mean, Canada, for, so we, we yeah. watched a lot of Raptors games. Raptors, and, yeah. and then but then you know he got he played in Orlando, went to the NBA Finals versus Kobe, and then he got a oh, nice contract. Yeah. He was actually in Houston, was where really where he made yeah, his yeah, yeah. the most. So you I remember, know, he played yeah. Yao Ming and Tracy McGrady. Right, so, right. So he had a good career. So even he had the politics against him at the highest level, but he didn't, he went every normal level though. He played JUCO. He went to Fresno State. He got drafted. He got dropped down to the G League. Came back up to the NBA. And even he had the politics against me. So like when I was in the CBA, you know that that was the old the old G League as we know it today, right? It was the CBA, the Continental mm-hmm. Basketball Association. If you dropped down from the league and you didn't want to go overseas, you went there. So I was playing in that, but it was hard to even get playing time because I was just viewed as a novelty. So the starting point guard gets injured. I get thrown in. We we win two out of three games, and I had like one game I had like twenty seven and seven. And then the other games, I probably had like 15 and five or something like that. You know, it was pretty dang good. That was, it was getting it done more than a starter in my mind. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But then when he came back after being injured, he went right back to being Mm. a starter. And I only played 10 games, you know, 10 or 13 games because I just realized like the politics were completely against me. There's nothing I could do. It's a lot of just, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, you did what you could. And I was viewed, I was, they were just trying to get ticket sales, you know what I'm saying? And G League, the business was crappy. So, I just stayed with street ball at that point. It was kind of like my fork in the road moment. It's like, we're done pursuing conventional basketball. Mm. Let's go all in for this new lane that we've carved. And then that's cool. I mean, yeah, it's a lot of like how the dominoes fall with sports and stuff. Cause at the end of the day, there's 500 guys in the NBA and like, that's it in the world or whatever. And only, I think only in history, there's only been, there's only been a couple thousand players in, in history to ever touch the NBA. So, I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And what's dope now is that like there's so much room outside of the NBA and there's so much marketability in it. You got to do it right. You got to do it right. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I was lucky. I'd say I was blessed to to stumble upon how to do it right via, you know, online, just kind of just through doing what I was doing on AM1 and try to mimic that online. And then it like really worked in a lot of ways. And yeah, uh, you know, there's a lot of lanes outside the league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, I wanted to go. So, so post and one, you collected and sold your own and one jerseys to live off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I by default, it wasn't, I didn't aim to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard you times. say that. I was like, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, tour gets bought out. 06. I think there's two years left on the ESPN contract. So they fulfill the ESPN deal. And then, um, you know, it gets to be a point where we just don't even get a call to re-up. It's just, it's over. 
No more and one, no more mixtape tour, no more street ball with the brand. We're going, they took, they said they're going all in for the NBA. And it's even hard to get, even get a hold of somebody up there. It's just, we out of there. So it's like, dang, now what? You know what I'm saying? What, what am I going to do? So I contemplated, like, am I going to just train people? Are we, uh, am I going to try to hoop overseas? Do I get back into conventional? You were know, you, were uh, you spending a lot of money? Cause you were saying, you know, you made a few million dollars in that run. Were you just like spending a lot of money kind of thing? And- oh yeah. Check to check. Check to check, uh, but not even knowing it though. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I'm being a kid, you know, like you, you know how it is. I, I don't know, but you got a money talks. You might be good with money. I think <laughs> if you don't, if you don't grab your finances, you know, yeah. if you, if you don't grab by the reins and really try to uh, take control, it's hard to manage money. You know what I mean? And like know where things are going and what, it, what does tax season look like and all that. So I'm just floating. You know what I mean? I'm making, you know, 15, 20 K a month. I feel like it's never going to end because like everyone was like competing with the NBA it's way bigger than the globe trotters ever was. So why would it end? You're right. In my mind, right. it's never ending. I headline the thing with, with a couple other big bros, you know, so I'm thinking like it's going to go forever. I never really assessed that in my head, but just, you know, subliminally I'm thinking it's, we get, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? We go, we go shopping. It's like, you want anything? Good. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> but what are, what are some of the big things you bought or spent money on back then? Oh, um, it does. I was just had a lot of extra. I wasn't even a huge spender with like big things. It's just a lot of extra crap. It just wasn't needed. You know, like, like I'm a kid in a candy store. So every time I go to the mall, we got to buy like, you know, we got to get a few pairs of shoes like you know five or six outfits like for yeah. no reason and, just, and it starts adding up just because we're there and it was appealing you know and then it's like you know i had i don't know why three ps2s got, got the homie a couple you know like <laughs> i got i had a benz i had you know four-story condo west la okay now we're starting now yeah, which, <laughs> which, how you could to be it. fair though i was only renting a room there i was just renting a room okay it, but it was nice and then it wasn't cheap either for one room and then also uh, you know, I had a house in Oregon too, though. So like, I'm where I'm from. So I'm going like back and forth just whenever I feel like it trying to, you know, just, <clears throat> just spend money at every opportunity just because I felt like it. Yeah. Basically, you know, I had like four cell phones. I had, uh, <laughs> I had like three laptops. I remember like, <laughs> I remember like, uh, they had a little Wi-Fi stick back in the day. Oh yeah. 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 Before Wi-Fi on yeah. the smartphone. So you plugged in yeah. the little USB, you, you had you know, you had internet or whatever. So <laughs> a rocket like three stick of those. or something. I don't know why. I just you yeah. know, lost one. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but just, you know, frivolous spending just for no reason. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. So you kind of, so you, you move in, you're like, you're like, okay, I need to make some money. And so you've been saving your and one jerseys. Not for that reason. No, just, you had them. Yeah, just collecting for memory's yeah, sake, yeah. not knowing like hey this is my first year and it was funny too because I, I gave out a good share when we played so many games it was wild i mean in a in a year 100 games or something like that so uh yeah kept them in the box went broke went straight to ebay with it first one first one i did it firsthand like as the professor i'm selling my jersey I pictures. <laughs> I remember I had pictures of my room on there holding it up and then I was like, I don't think I need to do this because I saw others were going for over a thousand dollars anonymous. They just coming from third party. That's so crazy. I, was like, I'm, I think I'm better going anonymous. Thousand dollars. Yeah. And so I ended up selling them. I probably made, I don't know, fifteen to thirty k. Lived off that for like eight months. Uh, you know, and not even being wise. Like when I was even making the money, I was still like eating 
crab and lobster. Like, <laughs> like, like still trying to live my like famous life. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Uh, it's hard I'm, to downgrade. It's, it's easy to like, to like, uh, to do more and spend more, it's hard to go back. Hard to go you know? back. And the ego, you know, your ego weighs in too, you know, and that was the big part that I had to find later was that there's a big hit to the pride, you know what I mean? Being on top, top of the culture fame, you know, like the animal was like really A-list, you know, nobody really classified it back at that time. But, yeah. You know, you're getting more spin than NBA teams. Yeah, you, like, you were getting recognized everywhere. I mean... Literally, so like, so you know, to go back to not even getting recognized. I remember yeah. I went to a UCLA game in in 2010, and one person approached me. Like, I like a few years before that, I had to have security at the thing. It's it's gonna be crazy. One person came up to me and was like, "Hey, didn't you like playing some uh some basketball tournament?" Oh on my TV? god! He said tournament. Like, I didn't even know what it was. Couldn't even name it. But back before social media. You don't realize you out of the limelight for eight months to a year, like you actually be completely forgotten. Like, like yeah, only wow. the the super fan who was culturing it might be able to recognize you, especially if you change your look. Right? I used to have like longer hair, so I had to buzz it, so I didn't even look the same. So like I was completely forgot. Like it was actually a trip. It's like, crazy. Yeah, you learn a lot just about. It also like <laughs> you know I notice in LA you see you could you could really kind of fly under the radar if you're just it depends where you are and who's around you and kind of how showy it is. Like if you walk into a spot where people are likely to know you with security and a bunch of people and big chains, then everybody's looking and then everyone talking, Oh, that's, that's that guy. <laughs> but you big chains. You're right though. You know what I mean? Like if you're flashy and you have a lot of people and people are taking pictures, like people, I've seen people literally take pictures of people that don't even know who they are. They just know they're famous. Like oh, that's like, me actually that's, every other day. <laughs> yeah, every day. And they'll even, some people even say it. They'll be like, yo, I don't even know you, but everybody says I should take a picture with you. Can I? I was like, like yeah, I guess yeah. for sure. And then, <laughs> and then you, you know, I, I've seen Kendrick Lamar at the gym in a hoodie, and nobody's even talking to him because they don't even, rec you know, you blend in. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is hit and miss. That's funny. You know, that tells me you've been out here for a while, right? You're a little, <laughs> you're a little bit seasoned to know that. Because yeah, it's true. You know, like if I go to uh, a high school game, it'd be crazy, right? You should bring a, I should bring a security just to be all yeah. the way safe. Or like if we go to Venice, you know what I'm saying? It's going to be crazy, but yeah. yeah, you're right. You know, we go, I go to eat at Marina Del Rey or something. It's like, we might get like five people come to the table or none. Who knows? You, you never yeah, know, right? It's like, sort of hit or miss. Yeah, it's all hit and miss. I think that is funny too, because I think some people would just think like Kendrick Lamar probably don't go nowhere without a sea of people, right? I mean. Yeah, they'd be like, that can't be or whatever. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so that, so you're talking through that time is like 2010. So you were like selling the jerseys, you lived off that. Yeah. What was the next move? So I know, you know, that was kind of the YouTube channel was starting to yep. pop off. Yeah. Um, so you now have over a billion views on YouTube, which is crazy. Thanks, and bro. seven and a half million subscribers. Um, so how did that kind of transition into the YouTube go? That was the next move, right? Yeah. So what happened was uh, when we broke, and one ended the end of 08. So 2009, I'm selling the jerseys uh, around 2009, 10, something like that. But I also started my YouTube channel that year and i had been on youtube actually since it started i had a homie trying to flood youtube with professor mixes because the fans were making uh compilations they ripped our highlights off espn you know the people that were really up on tech they know how to record a tv show yeah <laughs> up, make their own mix on youtube right that started early so i'm seeing professor mixes on there You're getting five to ten million views like in a week two weeks or whatever if you just search basketball like they would come up 
because the search engine yeah. it's so empty the database it's so different yeah so basically i had a friend make me a mix or two and we were just trying and i had another dude we were trying to flood youtube to get more bookings you know just for more awareness and marketing i just saw the value in it because like we would go overseas and now instead of people saying i seen you on espn they'd be like i saw your youtube the bookings were like kind of meet and greets or stuff or just yes so so what happened was i'm doing it just for marketing trying to saturate youtube because i'm seeing like yo millions of views you know what i mean it's crazy right but then when it ended adsense started like around that same time like 2009 so i started my own channel tried to move those videos over mm. uh and then you could get a dm on youtube so what are the bookings? The bookings are to come to my country and play a game, or come, yeah, it could be it could be anything though. Even like today, right? I mean, a couple months ago, I went to a birth. This dude cut a fat check. I went to a birthday party and just hoop with kids, like <laughs> like that happens in LA so sometimes. It's still, yeah, yeah. Some wealthy dude, you know what I'm saying? Like he'll do it because he wants to show his kids loves, and you know, bros blows their mind or whatever. So. <laughs> Uh, it was it was things like that, but a lot of times back then it was like playing street ball games because mm. overseas Amwan was still top of the culture because we didn't have social media and you couldn't keep track of you couldn't keep track of the narrative in a different country. Like you probably could if you really researched it, but yeah. not like today, right? Me and you, we could figure out what's going on in Australia right now. Just one Google away. What's going yeah. on in Australia? What's yeah. whatever. So I think it took about five years for them to realize that Anwan wasn't a thing anymore mm. overseas. So I still was doing international games, but just like few and far in between. You know what I mean? So like, I'm still broke. You remember how much you were getting paid for like those appearances um, and stuff? Yeah, one to 5,000. It could be 1,000. I'm still going. Mm. I'm starting at five. You know, it was good. <laughs> $5,000, you know, for my international fee, which blows my mind because it could charge way more right but like i didn't I, I didn't know how it worked i didn't know i actually didn't know my true value you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah. But, and i'm basing it off and one being down in the states and basing it off well wait, hey, we got to pay the bills i don't want to negotiate too high yeah, yeah 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 so and then the adsense that's that kicked in and was that immediately like great money because you just had so many views no so when it started off uh with adsense <clears throat> it would just be a couple hundred for a few years and I was like, cool, whatever, you know, like, I don't know why I didn't cross my mind to maximize. I think I didn't really know the YouTube ecosystem. I didn't know who was out there doing what. So around 2010, 2011, I met some dude who was making over 10K on YouTube. And then I happened to meet somebody else. He's making over 10K on YouTube. So one dude had an agency and I asked him, like, you know, can you help me make over 10K on YouTube? He's like, yeah. So end up getting with his agency which didn't make any sense we were actually splitting 50 50 on everything he was trying to tell me why that was a great deal because vivo was taking 90 percent at the time whatever anyway so <laughs> we go viral 2013 and then i end up i think i made 5k off a video that went insanely viral the month payout was 5k but i called the dude like yo what you 5k we, we just broke the internet yeah. cnn MSNBC, Sports Center, <laughs> Disney. This is Is this the Spider-Man video? Spider-Man basketball so, episode yeah, one. Uh, we literally <laughs> broke the internet to the point where uh I think it was six or seven mil in a week, which back then was like fifty mil. So that so that Spider-Man video is basically yeah. you dressed up as Spider-Man, you went to the park, challenged people to one-on-one, -on -one, yep. dressed as Spider-Man. Yeah. That video got you on every news outlet. Now that has forty three million views on YouTube. So that that's one of your craziest pieces of content yeah. of all time for sure. Yeah. Um, so you're saying initially you just got 
5K from that. That's the thing. So the month ends. I'm thinking like, all right, man. So if he makes 10K a month, I know he ain't doing views like this. So this got to be nice, right? That joint came. It wasn't even five. It was like 4,800. <laughs> so I'm on the phone with him. Hey, we got to resituate our deal. My bros don't make no sense. And he was like, nah. Like, that's just how it is. Boom, boom, boom. So I had to sit that deal out for another couple of years. It's kind of crazy. But uh, yeah, so Spider-Man basketball took it off. And then I played from that momentum. We made part two, part three. But we went all the way up to 2019. We're making episode 11. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so it went on a roll. But learned a lot about YouTube. You know, the dude who shout to uh, Robert Monroe. He was the one who showed me how to use a DSLR. And came he came up with that idea, Spider-Man basketball. And um, from there, you know, I just talked to a lot of people, learned it as I went. And that's actually crazy. I just thought about it right now. Thing had legs in the culture. Not only did that series get like a billion views, but the new Spider-Man movie that just came out, they had the sneaker, the the Jordan 1, the promo, the Spider-Man playing basketball. Oh, the promo <laughs> can't tell me that wasn't some inspiration. That was, yeah, it's wow. like Jordan one's his lifestyle. I didn't even a hoop shoot. Yeah. But they have Miles Morales hooping. That was just kind of crazy. Yeah. Like, it's a full circle. <laughs> yeah. Damn, man. So, I mean, to me, your, your longevity is what's most inspiring Humble. because Humble, man. you Thank literally, God. you have so many creators come and go different eras. People get hot. People fade away. You've just been there for like, I don't think I've seen a case where someone's there as long through so many different eras of content and like platforms. So, much, so I mean, that's, that's, Hey, that means a lot, bro. Cause I stay on it, man. But you know what? I, also, I love it though. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I actually love the grind and I love the craft first. It yeah. wasn't about the clout or whatever the outlets, you know? So I figured I'd just stay doing the craft and then, you know, you got to stay on it. It's a moving target, right? Yeah. From, from all the different types of content, but you know, I just try to love the craft and then however best that's exposed, try to stay up on the trend waves and all that. And, you know, make sure your team's on point. You yeah. Know, and, and be able to switch gears really fast, right? Like when TikTok gets hot, all right, cool. We got to get on TikTok. Boom, boom, boom. This is how we're editing. This is what we're going to do. Boom. You know what I mean? And be yeah. able to change shop real fast and be able to adjust. So, uh, but no, you know, praise God. It's been good. You know, I've been able to stay healthy and I love the craft and, um, yeah, I'm just thankful that there's outlets, right? Because, I mean, most people, you get one opportunity, and then when it goes, it's kind of hard to get a second opportunity. That, like, rarely happens. So mm -hmm. when digital was my second opportunity, I'm just, like, attitude of gratitude full-time. Yeah. <laughs> no, sometimes it's crazy. Sometimes I'll, like, look up a, a rapper that I used to listen to or something, yeah. and I'll be like, damn, they're still making music, but they're getting, like, 72 likes on Instagram. And they're, these guys were huge or something. And but that, it teaches you about human nature and about entertainment, too. You know, like, when I got forgotten in one year, I, like, you didn't, it's never been tried, right? Nobody talks about the downfall and what that actually looks like. Yeah. So to know that I could be on ESPN, top of the culture, Need security to go to a basketball place if you're trying to be safest. To one year later, hadn't been on ESPN, hadn't been on TV, nowhere, no mainstream media. To go and do a UCLA game, you're recognized by one person. It's crazy. crazy. So it makes sense even today, right? If you if you not, because it really has to do with how much can you actually be known to the masses in the culture. Because even like those rappers, they probably never stop making music. They probably never stop touring. Yeah, but they're not in those mainstream outlets. They're not on radio. They're not doing great social media. So you got to be like, you, you hope to be on all cylinders, but if you can't afford it or can't get the opportunities, at least on digital, do it excellent. Yeah. That's what you hope for. Yeah. 
That's crazy. Yeah, because it's not easy, right? Like, so I'm, I'm sure you've seen so many different eras, so much change in terms of being a content creator. What's your current like focus right now? Obviously, like TikTok a couple years ago, and you popped off on that. You have 7 million followers or something like that. Sick, yeah. So, uh, yeah, what's like your current focus? Current focus now, uh, YouTube Shorts has probably moved up to a higher priority, and that's just about subscriber growth, which leads to more brand respect and hopefully bigger campaign deals. Mm. But, uh, you know, it's still the main ones, though. You know, like, I'm even, I even still do Facebook. If Facebook still makes good money. Facebook Reels is going off right now, actually. Facebook Reels, but there's a cap on Facebook Reels, so that's not crazy profitable like oh in terms some, of money. In my season it's not but like if you're just getting into it you got to do it for yeah, sure. yeah yeah but yeah they got the reels they got the facebook videos actually adsense on facebook um but no like youtube's still number one for me you mm-hmm. know what i mean i think the culture looks to youtube and instagram because instagram is like that quick reference youtube yeah. is what they might watch in their alone time still the number one streaming service yeah so so I'm still on all cylinders on all of them. I mean, you can't tell me I don't even take IG serious. Every time I post, I go live. You know what I'm saying? So we're going on all of them, but I did just start like a YouTube membership and I'm going to be streaming on there for the first time. Mm. I never, I only streamed on like Instagram. I never really like stream streaming. Like live streaming? Yeah. So yeah. now I'm going to do like hangouts, something like this. I'll be streaming, just hanging with the homies oh, cool. or my workouts. I'm going to do like my workouts and stuff. So that's my YouTube membership. Shameless plug. Go join. Five ninety nine a month. Uh, but no, but I'm trying to get back into acting though. You know, I moved to LA, actually had a lead role in a movie that never came out. Wow. But I always stayed doing cameos and endless, com- I couldn't even tell you how many commercials I've been in, you know, I'm very camera comfortable with my YouTube channel. Now I'm doing some short films, but trying to get back into acting, uh, in, you know, in a subtle way. Yeah. Um, I was gonna, you know, so you recently appeared in the white man can jump reboot with Jack Harlow, right? No, so mad people thought I did. Oh, I th- and, and I, even some people thought it was my movie because, like, I thought you were involved because I saw you at the. Yeah, I mean, I am white man can't jump in real <laughs> life. Like, no, literally. Like, look, here's what's funny: white man can't jump is about two on two California street ball. When it was made, that isn't even a genre. Like, <laughs> not that you couldn't find somebody playing twos in yeah. Venice or in Cali, but like, literally now, like. I, we actually play twos all the time at street ball courts in Cali and it's really for YouTube. It's for digital, but literally it's like white men can't jump in real life. And people always underestimate me as a whole bunch of trash talk and it leads to, you know, hopefully the dub at the end, but like, it's funny. Like we literally lived that. So people were confused, but no, I actually just signed a campaign deal to promote the movie. Oh, okay. Okay. That's what I thought yeah. you, were, you made an appearance in it. I nah, haven't seen it yet. So. I was just promoting, uh, my manager actually ran me by them and they passed on me. They, they picked somebody who was younger. They thought was younger for the generation, but that's, you know, that's one, one thing I'm working on with my brand. Some people see me, even though like you, you've kept up. Right. And a lot of people have, you know, know that I've been out here for a long time, but some people still just see me as like a two thousands Hooper, like an old school. Mm. Was that Tristan who was know. in it? Yeah, T. Jazz was in shout it. Shout out yep. Tristan Jazz. Yeah, yeah shout out T. That's T-Jass. my boy. Yeah, yeah, the little 360 <laughs> layup. But um, okay, I got it. Okay, yeah, that was a good look. Uh, and yeah, you know, the movie came out pretty good. I thought it was pretty good. I think the basketball could have been more lit, though. You know, mm. I'm gonna be biased because I'm a hooper. Enthusiast. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, shout out to Jack Harlow and um, and that director Cal Matic. They did a pretty good job. What do you what do you think about the younger generation? Now there's just like so many more content creators like Tristan or like what do you think about what what people are doing and what kind of effect you had on all of them oh it's humbling you know i was the first youtube hooper just by accident you know what i mean started yep. that join up because of rough times and like wanting more exposure 
Uh, but I actually love it, man. I think that, um, you know, people could say that social media is bad in a lot of ways because it has a lot of bad, but it's got a lot of good too, you know, like it provided way more job opportunities and now distribution globally is free. So like, it's kind of interesting right before with the gatekeepers, like even me as a hooper, what, what was the professor, what was Grayson without and one? Yeah. It, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, never would have been the professor. Well, probably, you know what I mean? Never didn't have that outlet. So now if somebody has a dream and they want to do it, they could actually pursue it on digital. So I think it's really dope. And I think like it's dope how there's a basketball community and people collab with each other. And I'm trying to go collab with all the all the bigger like basketball influencers. So I think it's just fun. It's awesome. Yeah. What so what is your your content schedule look like right now? Is it mm-hmm. really structured where you're like, we put out, you know, four videos a day like this and this many a week? Or I, I wish it was four a day. I actually like that. Or but. I mean like shorts <laughs> or like, you know, like Yeah. No, um, let's see, what am I? I'm one a week on YouTube long form videos. Okay. Uh we're trying to do a YouTube short every two to three days. It depends how good the last one did. Okay. Right. Whether we wait a little. Uh TikTok, I actually left dormant for a little bit. I'm trying to get back into it, but I want to go up every two or three days on TikTok. Uh IG, I just try to do as much as possible. I think the IG real algorithm is the most friendly of them all right now. YouTube shorts and IG Real, the most mm. friendly. TikTok changed about six months ago. It got yeah. really hard. Or yeah. Harder. I noticed that with our stuff too. I think everybody noticed every big creator. <clears throat> I was with the dancing weatherman. I was with the fake Eminem. And people who were <laughs> killing it, right? They all said TikTok changed for them. Yeah. So um yeah, like Instagram, I just spam out. I look at Instagram as like the reference. That's the uh it's it's the this is him platform. You know what I'm saying? You know, people make a joke. They say this is updating my this is him photo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or whatever. So <laughs> I just like repurpose YouTube for all platforms, but really Instagram, I'll throw anything up. You know what I'm saying? Like whatever. Yeah, I was gonna say it is, keep it lit. No, no it, question. Is the shorts, reels, TikToks, is it the same content or you 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 guys are changing? Yeah, uh both. So I do the same on all platforms, but I make some specifically for each platform also. Mm, So I think it makes no sense not to double up because it's different audiences. I think what we've learned as social media has progressed, and I think this was clear to me about five or six years ago, you have a different audience on each platform. Because if I follow Money Talks, I don't necessarily want to follow it on TikTok. I don't want to do it on YouTube or whatever. Um, And not that you don't have those super fans who follow you on everything, right? But for the most part, it's like some people are just like, I just do Instagram. Yeah. I just do Facebook. I just YouTube. Like, as a lot of people watch my YouTube videos, don't follow me on any other, don't even know I'm even on yeah, it's crazy. other platforms like that, you know? And then when they see it, they're like, oh, you know? So, yeah. Um, yeah, I noticed like I never go on Facebook anymore. I, I don't know if people still like do, but like I went on the other day and I just looked at our Money Talks page and we've been putting up the same, you know, TikTok, YouTube shorts, and Instagram. And sometimes like some of the videos that we're getting like, zero plays anywhere else and i saw on facebook and it had like 150,000 plays on a reel on facebook that i didn't even know existed and i don't know who's on facebook and i don't i don't know anyone on facebook That's anymore. Fire. like oh i'm lit on accident so it's, it's like it kind of teaches you a lesson <laughs> like it just like it's not where i go it's where like you don't know where people are looking and what algorithms are pushing out these days so you just put it everywhere yeah you know that's right yeah and you don't want to waste content right if you have something that went off on TikTok, it make no sense for you not to put that on facebook not to put that on youtube shorts yeah not to not to put that on ig not to put that on linkedin throw it everywhere 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't do LinkedIn, but I should. <laughs> yeah, I just got to. Yeah, LinkedIn's the most cringe. It's hard to. Yeah, <laughs> and I think it's one of those ones they're making a strong attempt to try to like be in the place, but like it's just, <laughs> it's just not hitting. Yeah. Yeah. What's your team look like right now? Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I know is funny? I'm just being completely transparent. I actually had to let some people go. And then like after that, like some people quit. So like I have a team. I like three people on the team, but as far as like my inner meet, like my inner like content people, I'm really down to zero. So I'm looking to rebuild. Oh wow! I'm so dead serious. It's just you. Weird moment. I've never been like this. Wow. Never been like this since I started. So we like back to ground zero. Like we need to start it back up. It's crazy, and but it's it, a good thing too, though. You know, sometimes I think, sometimes I think you'll go through seasons of pruning. You know, God will weed it out, and then you build yeah. it back up for the good. So. I mean, you're you. You, you would have never thought I said that, right? No, I thought. <laughs> I well, we got an editor, we got a shooter, we got a this. Well, cool. <laughs> well, we had multiples of each, but yeah, we yeah. did down to zero because a lot of times you outsource too. I didn't have every position as full time. Yeah, that makes sense. So, but I'm saying as far as full time, just on content, I I, mean, I got one dude, but that's it. I got one dude. Okay, kind of like trying him out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what what? How big was your team? at the peak of or not at the peak but at whenever the biggest point was yeah, for you the know team. you know full time we had like three or four people but then i like outsourced you know right. or like have a day shooter you that know that sense. that could be up to 15 yeah. you know what i'm saying people who just come to shoot and then like you know i do security on shoots now because if you go to the hood or you go to venice if you try to have a controversial basketball game you, yeah you should have security i've seen i've not had it and it's been a problem you know what i'm saying Damn, so yeah, yeah. so you got the security but um you know, I'd say the more people can just outsource and just do it one day, it's probably better. But I think at a certain season, you need a couple guys in house full time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so besides for the YouTube um, social stuff, you have your clothing line, mm-hmm. uh, Global Hoopers, Global Hooper, and, Hooper, and uh, you have a studio. Let's go. Yeah, nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. How much your focus, or, or kind of like, what's your current like? You don't have to say numbers if you don't want, but like your current revenue streams mm. and kind of the breakdown of yeah. everything. No, it's all good. You know, if, if YouTube, I don't mind being transparent, you know, if YouTube's going off, you know, it's 50 to a hundred or higher, you know what I'm saying? If YouTube is going off, it all depends how viral you are. That's fit. That's an ad sense. Like you're saying 50 to a hundred K a month. YouTube, Google AdSense. Okay. Yeah. If, if it's going off, you know, if you have two videos in the month, let's say they did more than 5 million within the month. I mean, you're going to be like over six figures, you know what I mean? But if you, you know, if you're just doing 200K, 400K, because the algorithm's hard, man. It's unpredictable. Mm-hmm. You know, p- some people probably think I only do millions because when you glance at the channel, you don't actually look at it in chronological order. You just yeah. see what pops up on the feed. Right. 40 mil, 20 mil, 10 mil. Yeah. Dang, he never misses. <laughs> but like, you know, everybody, it's a roller coster for everybody. So if you, if I'm just doing hundreds of thousands, that can be 15 to 20 or whatever but that's also based on evergreen content from before that's mm-hmm. still doing good from last year so everybody's it's like ch- a big cash flowing asset that just keeps spitting out which yeah. is cool but everybody's channel's different though because i think some people just do like lifestyle vlogs that are relevant for a couple weeks and then they're over mm-hmm. you don't really go back and watch like david dobrik or logan paul's vlog from last year yeah, when yeah. he was in his house doing a prank on his uncle with yeah. his dog or, <laughs> you, you know what i'm saying like yeah. like but if you do like an amazing b-ball like sports can kind of live longer you know if you have a, a great like trash talk b-ball to winning or a cosplay like a spider-man or space Jam. yeah i was watching the spider-man that spider-man thing last night and it's fresh as ever man it's like you know you still are oh man like could be filmed last week so i re-uploaded like all the spider-man episodes on one video 
I'm smart. It's like an hour and 40 minutes or something like that. It didn't do good at all, though. No. It was kind of, even me in my season, you know, I'm try, I, I try to experiment because I saw some dude, uh, actually T-Jazz, shout out T-Jazz. See, I still take notes from the young dudes, even though I started there. I still am learning all the time. Yeah. But he uploaded one that was just like all his trash talk vids in one. It was over an hour. And I think long term, it, it started slow, but then long term did over a million. It's just like a base for people to go like see. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of cool just doing longer content. Mm-hmm. But then also, you know, for me, it was the 10 year anniversary of Spider-Man. So it was a, kind of like a branding play slash like, hey, maybe this will do good. Yeah. It, did, it did awful, but, you know, we'll see how it goes <laughs> long term. <laughs> it's cool to, to learn from younger guys, like just to see what people are doing now from a fresh perspective. Like yeah. I even see with with, you know, my stuff. I mean, we came up like so. Well social media there was that period where like you made things look really nice and like it was like a post on instagram yeah yeah and then it got more and more and more and now it's just like less and less and less and like 19 year old kids now they post like a blurry selfie and like a little weird carousel of like animals in a park and it's like that's their post you know and i would have never done that and i start learning like oh this is what people are into now yeah (laughs) i think people like polished again i think it's going back that way but like in there in a different way right yeah we would try to make it look like a tv show or movie like then that was like the the elite whatever because we're just thinking high production but then it's like you know tiktok vids need to be tiktoky instagram's a little more open youtube shorts actually there's a lot of strategy in that youtube needs to be a certain way but i do think like the editing going back to editing because there was for a while where like youtube you tried to go real bts you know real unedited like my my first vlogs ever I just did a whole day doing something and I hooked the clips together. We're yeah, done. yeah, yeah. Like that was it. But it actually did good though. Yeah. It like it really People good. People want to see that real, like. Yeah, but now, like, you know, on YouTube, you need the real, like, look at Mr. Beast. I think edited to death, right? That's edited yeah, in a yeah, way yeah. that's like super it's fast. It's a movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of, uh, lot of subtitles, graphics, sounds. That, that new one he did, that $1 boat compared to a billion dollar yacht. I haven't seen it yet, but yeah, I saw great it. Great video, but the edit was just crazy. And yeah. even on TikTok, like, I don't even understand it. You don't know what's funny? I learned something about my own brand. A kid edited one of my TikToks and he did 80 million views. It was like this move I did where I faked up. I went under the dude's shoulder, he turned around, caught it, and made it, but like there was a funny uh song on it. It was like that what that Mount Mount Everest ain't got ish on me. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it went in. And like it's an edit I never would have made because yeah. the way he did it. I wouldn't I wouldn't use that song choice, just number one. But then like he went to the move and then right before the move, like slowed down the move, you know what I'm saying? And then showed the dude like get faked out and like look the other uh, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh so I literally went back to that clip because he had a blurry version, you know what I'm saying? Like he ripped it's a rip of a rip of a rip. Yeah. So I go back to the original, made that same piece of content. I mimicked his edit just to see what happened. Whoever did no celebrities ever did this, right? I mimicked his. I posted it. I got 50 mil on one platform, <laughs> 20 on another. I, I can't remember what the YouTube short did. It's it's over 10. That's crazy. You know what I'm saying? So I even learned from the new age kids on how to edit, what to do. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's a cool, I, I've seen this done a couple of <laughs> times and I'm going to do it for the podcast. You just go out and you say like, uh, to all kind of an open thing. Like I'm going to give a thousand dollars to the person who gets the most views on TikTok from from you know you do an hour uh youtube video it's like here cut this take whatever you want whoever gets the most views i'm gonna give a thousand or five thousand or ten thousand dollars and then you just end up with this competition of people trying to outperform each other and it's it all benefits you and 
you know. Hey, that's hard, man. <laughs> hey, I'm about to take that one from you. <laughs> Cut that. Can we get that out? No, I'm best. No, I think it'll work Actually, work like, well for super you. Super dope. Because I will say, I'll know when a YouTube when a YouTube video is a banger when there's tons of fan remixes. Yeah. And part of me is always conflicted too because like. Sometimes on YouTube, a certain edit style will go off, but it'll have music on it. But it doesn't allow the fan to be able to make their own version of it because there's already music on it. Uh, Even though yeah. they can, they can silence the whole thing, put their own. But it doesn't allow them to be as creative. So part of me wants to do a raw version on top, but then you have like two of the same vids. Yeah, I don't yeah, want yeah. To. So I was, I, I've been noticing that recently, but I, I have a solution for that now. Um, okay, I wanted to ask more about your your studio and your clothing brand. Yeah. How big are those for you now? You don't have to say numbers if you don't want, but like... In terms of like how much time do you dedicate, like how much, you know, of your energy? So the studio is like a weekly, th you know, it's sick place. 10,000 square feet. It's I got to come check blocks. it out. You got to come through three <laughs> blocks from a uh, crypto. Okay. Soon to be Staples Center again. Is it going back? They're talking. They're in talk. Yeah. Oh, yeah, crazy. Crypto.com is out of there. I did an NFT drop through crypto.com and I actually got scammed. So, oh, damn. Cool. I'm, I'm cool with Staples. You know what I'm saying? Damn. Yeah. Okay. But um, anyway, the place is dope. I'm there a few times a week. I go to the church right next door, the Fearless mm -hmm. LA Church, and I actually partnered with them to get it. Because if anybody knows how much those cost, if you talk about 10,000 square feet downtown LA, you're talking about 30 to 70K or something like that per month. So, yeah. I partnered with the church. I got a little bit of a discount because they have it on Sundays for the kids. Okay. You know they put a bounce house on the court. And, you know, they trick it out their own way, which is really dope. So it allowed me to kind of get it at a more affordable rate. But I'm there all the time. And then um, and then the clothing line, I loved it. When I first got it, I was like all in on the clothing. I was very hands-on. But then I realized it took a little bit too much time. My goal initially coming in was to make Global Hooper a culture brand that would be everywhere, you know, retail stock X everywhere you see. But then I realized what kind of time investment that takes, what kind of money investment that needs. And I realized I couldn't really fit the bill there. Uh, so I love the designs. I actually designed every piece of clothing ever on oh, cool. the last six years. And I loved it. Uh, but now I actually got a team in place that's going to be uh, helping me with design. And then it's more of a fulfill on demand type but it's actually quality so usually if you go print on fulfill on demand it's like crappy quality you throw yeah. that joint the washer it's over you know yeah it's like a but i found i found a company uh to partner with they can actually do a quality job but also fulfill on demand can also do embroidery can also do sublimation that's rare you so know you're kind of rebooting the clothing now you usually gotta go all crummy quality yeah. or you gotta go spend the money and take the time and do all good i found yeah. a good middle ground with it i would love for global hooper to be a mainstream brand at some point but i just think i don't have the time right now and i don't don't have the time and money right now to be yeah. honest. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a tough, I've done clothing. It's tough. It's, you know how it is, right? Like yeah. any, any brand that's on the shelf at a retailer for people that don't know, right? Like any brand you can point to at zoomies or Tilly's, if it's been in there for more than a year or two, that's a million dollar entity, right? Just yeah. because if they say, all right, we want 30,000 of just that one shirt, which they're never going to get one shirt, right? How much that costs to make thirty thousand? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying some... you got to think about the manufacturing costs alone. Yeah. Now, if they tell you they want ten items, you got to be able to fulfill it. So you're gonna need some nice money up front for staff, definitely for your inventory for everything, and just to be on their radar. You're gonna have to make some great moves, and you know when when you post like 
you know, new drop with Global Hooper when you have like, yeah. um, how much traffic can you drive? Like, do you have any numbers you could share like the biggest day you did or the biggest hour or sale or something like that? I'm just curious if someone with yeah. uh, a big of as big a following as you do, like how, how much, you know, you can drive in terms of sales with, with something when you have a product. Yeah. So it really depends on your marketing layout and how well you did it. So when we had our best timing, big shout out to Ray Kim, man. He's my brand director. He's fire, bro. But when, when I follow his command and we do everything right and we have a great layout, you know, sorry, a great rollout marketing plan, meaning, you know, we're, we're, we're teasing the drop on the way up on every platform. We were just in a vlog that actually did really good numbers or a YouTube video that went off. And then we lead up and then day of we drop again. You know what I'm saying? We go viral on YouTube or viral on TikTok, IG. Like if we if we're marketing how it's supposed to, and then the items are hot, right? We did some collections or little I even looked back, I was like, I designed that. That's horrible. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But but like if we have a hot collection, because some of I look back and I'm proud of, I'm like, yo, that could have been on Supreme. You know what I'm saying? Balenciaga could have moved that. that yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because we we used to spend like high quality. I'm making overseas, it's like fire. Mm-hmm. Um but when we did it right, and we were selling out, making thousands. I mean, you know, you can sell out five hundred pairs of some fire. Like, like I had these like reflective pants that were really hard. I had these uh, hater blocker glasses that were kind of like Doc from Back to the Future. You know, the silver flat yeah, flat, yeah. flat flat frame. It's fire. We sold those out six times. Two hundred pairs. We sold it six times. We restocked, and mm. so you know, you could do the numbers. I'm not saying I was making millions, but. You crushed it. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. we would go off, but it's a lot of work. You're going to be very calculated. And I think as, as time goes on, I think like outsourcing, it's just easier. You know what I'm saying? If it can be made, you don't have to store the inventory. If it can be ordered and manufactured upon somebody buying it, it's fire. You can't lose. I would recommend everybody to go that route unless they say, Hey, I want to do this. I want to spend a bunch of time on it. And I yeah. have a big amount of money to invest up front. Yeah. I think it's the difference of, wanting to have a brand that you can move product and wanting to be in the clothing business, you know, and you're totally different, right? Yeah, you're yeah, not yeah, trying yeah. to run clothing you factories. You know what I'm saying? It's easy yeah. to fake it. Now. Yeah. <laughs> Get your print on demand, order you a couple, you know what I mean? But yeah, to actually be yeah. in the business, like your profits from that brand are paying some bills. Yeah. If you haven't been in, I would say, uh, good luck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to rethink it, but <laughs> and the studio for you is that a business or that's just where you do your content? You bring yeah. people in collabs, like. Uh, so I want to profit more from it. It is a business. I'm not going to act like it's been super profitable. Like I said, thirty to seventy k a month is never fun, right? Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the goal was to get sponsorship. It actually took me over a year to remodel it, though. You know, you get an empty warehouse space. If you buy some of these warehouses in downtown LA, that joint looked like. Saw three, a murder movie, you know what I'm saying? A horror movie when you get in there. Cobwebs, nails, might be haunted. You know what I'm saying? You gotta <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you gotta revamp it. You gotta paint it. You gotta resurface it. I put a basketball court. I put the LED in there. I mean, it's actually great. It's like the most fire like visual court in LA, just visually the half court. Um, but to profit, you can imagine what I was in the hole, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So did I profit? I think maybe a hair, not much. Yeah, not much. But but uh, we're working on making it more profitable. I, I'm promoting the rentals as before. It was on Peer Space, but you don't really know mm. about it. So now I'm going to promote the rentals. We look into podcasts. We're more open to creators coming in there for a rental fee now. 
But um, I really hadn't even put it out there. It's just yeah. a lot of stuff going on. I it's should, an, it's I, an asset for you, though, to make your content and to yes. like use. And you yeah. know what I love it for? It's just practice. You know what I'm saying? Like, for me, being as known as, like, an NBA player or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, for me to go to LA Fitness, it don't make no sense because it's just going to be an appearance. You know what I'm saying? And not that yeah. I wouldn't do it sometime. Actually, no, I wouldn't. It don't make no sense. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. you're going to end up having to get into a game. The court's never open to work on your game. You're never going to stop talking to people. Not that I don't love the people, but you want to work on the craft, right? Yeah. There's no time you can go do that for me personally. And then it's like, I'm not going to play outside every time. I can yeah, summer yeah. in five minutes. You know what I'm saying? And then like, <laughs> you know, outdoor course, same thing, right? You end up talking to a bunch of people. Yeah. It's random. You got the wind. So... And then a rental gym from somebody else, third party, it's just not available like you want to. So for me, having a gym is like fire. And it's almost like needed in LA. Mm-hmm. If I was in a different town, we could just go to local. You could figure it out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But, uh, and then also collabs, you know, like I collab, shout out to uh, Jason Williams. He was the first NBA collab at Layer 12. I saw that video. Stoke. Yeah. And like he wanted to, you know, we, we've been talking about doing something for years, but then it, like it didn't work out due to scheduling. He's a busy guy, right? So we're busy. But then he was in LA and he's like, hey, you want to do it tomorrow? Like, let's get it. And then I just got the spot. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be fire. We throwing Jay Will up on the LED, getting to ask him about, show me the elbow. I mean, I I saw that video. So you can see why it's hot. And then going into podcast land, I'm trying to start the podcast. We need a setup like this. We're going to do it at layers. Yeah. 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 It's dope to have, like, that's one thing about doing it, you know, having your own spot to record even. Cause it's like, if you're like, if you showed up on time, but a lot of people are like, yeah, I'll be there like an hour late or like, oh, yo, I'm going to actually be there at three. And it's like, cool. You know, if you have your own spot, if you're renting a studio, yeah, it's, it's like, like ah. thanks, I rented it. So that left <laughs> me up. Appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, so you mentioned Jason Williams. You were just with LeBron recently. Just oh. met LeBron for the first time. Oh, you just met him for the first time. I'm six months older than LeBron, but we're around. The, he's class of 03. I'm class of 02. Mm. I'll. I was a rookie on and one when he was a rookie in the NBA. We've had like a parallel in two very different worlds. And obviously mine's much smaller than what Braun is, you know, top of the culture, but it's kind of cool. Just like, it's kind of, our careers kind of ran parallel into two different worlds, but uh, yeah. finally met him at, at that premiere of his movie or whatever. That's dope. Yeah. And uh, had a cool little combo. I told him that he was my inspiration at the highest level to just keep going. You know what I'm saying? Cause we're, yeah. getting, we're getting up there now. I just turned 39 a couple days ago. He'll be 39 probably a couple months. And so uh, it's inspiring that he can do it with 82 games. That's crazy. crazy. I look at like LeBron, you know, greatest athlete of all time probably. So only a few people could do that. But if he could do it at 82 games, I feel like I could do once or twice a week on YouTube. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I'm a huge LeBron fan. I started watching basketball because – LeBron was coming into the league. Like I didn't, I wasn't into basketball before that. And That's I just dope. heard about this kid, you know, all the hype. And I was like, I got to start watching. I was also into the sneakers. So I was like watching cause of the sneakers and cause of LeBron. And then like, yeah, I mean, I've been following him his whole career, like uh, dude's rooting incredible. for him. So, I mean, so that's a good, so, so is LeBron the goat to you? Uh, you know, debatably, I, I think I've, I always said Michael Jordan cause I was raised off Michael Jordan. And then like, I feel like with Jordan, it was so convincing because you knew he was going to win. You already knew Jordan. Like once he was on in 1991, they won a championship, beat the Lakers, right? From there on, like you just like knew Jordan was going to win. It's just like, how's he going to do it? You know what I mean? And it was kind of a flawless run, right? You went to six finals and you won all six. And it was so picture perfect. And then you you thought he was going to end his career with that shot in Utah. 
It's just so flawless. Yeah. You know what I mean? Perfection. We forgot the wizard. Even though he was a beast on the wizards, we just forgot it. It was like whatever. But like everything was just perfection. He even had those hero moments in Washington, right? Yeah. Like he scored 50 twice. Like it's crazy. crazy. You know yeah. what I mean? So I think um, I always said Jordan, but I think I'm going to change my narrative a little bit going forward and just say, hey, the, the convo is still open because Dew went to the finals, what, 10 times in a row? Yeah. That's insane. And then now the longevity, you breaking all the records. It's almost like people who said Tupac's the greatest rapper of all time. But then like as time goes on, you'd be like, well, Jay-Z ain't better. Yeah. Look at the longevity. Look how many albums. Look at, we don't even know if Pac would have went eye to eye with Jay-Z this long. I mean, we don't know, right? Everything's theoretical at this point. So, yeah. So I feel like the combo's still open. Like yeah. I'm, a, I'm an MJ guy, you know, but like. I don't know. You know what I mean? He's not even done playing. He could win another chip. I, I know. I'm right. a huge LeBron fan of all. I think he's the GOAT. I think he's the greatest athlete of all time. But I also, like, I think people discredit, like, people always talk about the the six for six in finals. And to me, that's like, why? It, it's not better to, like, I, I think it's better to go to the finals every year, even if you're not winning them all, than, like, you know, lose first round. Like, Jordan was losing. He didn't win every season, right? He won six out of however many. LeBron's got four, but like that finals run it's is unheard just, of though. I mean, it's yeah. unheard of in the new generation too. This ain't this ain't when there was eighteen. You yeah, know, Bill Russell now he won some chips. It was eighteen in the league or I sixteen. Feel like people forget so fast. Like yeah, they crown Giannis and then like you know Giannis is great. Bucks won a Bucks won a ring and then like next year he loses first round or whatever. And last year he lost to Boston. He loses first round like. It's kind of like, oh, damn, like LeBron really did that where he like went to the finals every year with a different team with different guys. Like, it's crazy. I mean, it's wild. And then you look at even off the court, right? He's definitely yeah. the greatest athlete off the court. Yeah, yeah. You know, as far as like being a good role model, even the way his entrepreneurship has played out, right? Like, even yeah. I feel like part of the reason he made the title runs, he just picked the right spots to be. Like, he's good at picking where yeah. to go. Yeah. Like, the fact he won a chip with the Lakers is crazy. Crazy. Who's um who's your favorite current player of the younger? We okay here? Oh, it's okay. We can Okay, sorry. We can shoot that one. It's okay. Who's your favorite current player of the younger generation? Favorite player, the younger generation. Who's my favorite player of the younger generation? Or the, you know, current NBA. Yeah, you know, these young dudes are beasts, man. Trey Young, amazing. Uh Ja Morant is amazing. Uh my homie Mac McClung is a beast too, man. Yeah. He slept on his game is actually nice. He's actually NBA ready, but they want to only see him for the hops. And, mm. and he had a lot of G League run. You know, he's underestimated. He's like me, he's underestimated just because he don't look like a hooper yeah. at that level, right? Yeah, he's bigger yeah. than I am, but like he really don't look like a hooper in the NBA. So he's being underestimated. But um, there's probably many more. I'm just forgetting yeah. right now. But like, yeah, some of the young dudes, man, they're awesome. I'm. I'm excited to see what the future looks like. Who you got 2024 NBA champs? Who do you think? NBA champs next year? Next 2024? Year. I'd love to see the Lakers. You know what I mean? That'd be storybook. Uh, if I had to guess, man, just a safe, sure shot. <laughs> I think Denver will repeat in 2024. That's, okay. that's what I think. I feel like, look. That's a good prediction. I feel like with Safe the Lakers, one. we don't know what moves they're going to make. The current roster wasn't quite. We thought it looked promising when the playoffs started. It's like, yeah. oh, Braun got a finals-ready team here. But then as it went, it's like, uh, I don't know. I don't know D'Lo and them are ready to, to win a chip. You know what I mean? Yeah. But So that's a little unsure. 
The Warriors, they got a new GM. Bob Myers just stepped down today. Mike Dunleavy Jr.'s in there. They talk about Draymond might be going somewhere. So that whole thing is that they shaking it up. Yeah. I don't know if that's good. I don't think that's good. I don't know. It's, un- yeah. it's unsure over there. Boston, it just doesn't work. It's over. Like, I just feel like they were really good. Mm. I-, I don't feel like it works. Miami got there, but it was very superhero. Can you repeat a superhero? They like they went down with two of their stars. Two yeah. of their starters went down. They still made the finals. That's but crazy. Jimmy Butler's good at playing superhero ball when he's the guy, but they want to like bring other scores in. I don't think that's good. So I don't it's like know. we'll see. Well, you're in a really unique position because I mean I'm an NBA junkie. Obviously, people like like the NBA has huge stars, but you have like a bigger following than a lot of NBA players. And a lot of those guys look up to you and grew up on you in basketball. And that's what they do on the highest level. So it's a, a super cool position to be in and, and super unique. Um, you yeah, it's st- humbly, man. It's worked out. <laughs> <laughs> do you still, do you still love basketball? Like just playing, you mentioned you're, you were like in the gym. I mean, that, that's interesting. You're like, I want to work on my craft. Like, People be like, what do you have to work on? (laughs) I know. (laughs) I know, man. Um, I don't practice nearly as much as I feel like I should. Mm. Uh, But do I still love the craft? I do. But, you know, we've been in the digital game so long that to me it's one. It's basketball and it's like video production at one. And Mm. social media, it's all like one thing. It's not just the crap and just this. So I actually don't even play unless I'm rolling for cameras. Okay. You can't get me to play a pickup game. I'm not going to the league. We don't do the VBL. We're not doing the Drew League. Like those are for young dudes. You know what I'm saying? Like okay. people are trying to get on. Mine is more, it's pure marketing. We try to be box office once we play. You know what I'm saying? But nice. also injury protection. I get injured a lot. You know what I'm saying? So when I practice, obviously I practice by myself. You know, we're doing the, the cardio workouts and all that. And I do love it. I love the whole thing as a whole, for sure, to answer your question. Yeah. Up. I do love it, but not in the way that somebody might think, right? They'd be like, well, you playing in tournaments and leagues? Like, nah, like, I love what we do. Yeah. You know, it's still, like, brings me a lot of joy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I get, I get, I mean. Harder to stay healthy <laughs> in this season. That's what's changed. Yeah. It's harder to stay healthy. You got to pick your spots. It's you got to be wiser. That's why, like, when people ask me to go to a run, I'm killing immediately. Killing. Oh, I've never <laughs> ran pickup in seven years, but thank you. You know, what I mean? <laughs> you know. But um, I love it, dude. Yeah, yep, for sure. I, and I want to end on. I mean, like I said, your longevity is inspiring. That's crazy. What's next for you? Uh-huh. Like, what do you see the next ten years looking like? Uh, I think you know, I want to stay doing what I'm doing for as long as I possibly can. But I think. Once you get a social following this big, you don't really leave it behind. I think we've seen it failed from other people. I've seen other big creators with more than 10 million subs. They leave it to go do something in the culture, like a talk show or mainstream or going to hosting or acting. And then they come back to their YouTube because I think they realize like, yo, we ain't on YouTube is not the same because that still hits a lot of people. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And that's what got you there. Yeah. So they come back and then the algorithm ain't don't have their back no more. It's not the same. And they, they're coming back. They're doing what they did before and it's not hitting. So I don't want to ever leave. I feel like I want to slowly merge into acting because you can't, I can't play miracle showtime basketball forever, Yeah. but I'm trying to go as long as I can. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to go to 50, trying to outlast LeBron, <laughs> but I want to merge into acting. I'm trying, I tell people I'm trying to be Mark Wahlberg on a small microscopic level. We're trying to merge into acting also like, so I can be more in the mainstream, but also 
guide the narrative on social and mm. make great content and probably have to change content, right? If I can't hoop at that high level, then I probably would tweak it somehow, some way. So I'm playing it by ear as we go, but I am trying to make efforts to get into acting and do more mainstream media because I feel like like I'm not in White Man Can't Jump or whatever basketball movie just because they might not even know I want to. Like I'm not mm-hmm. really even a part of that main the mainstream culture combo. More big in just the digital world, which is like the new underground unless you're like logan paul or those people emerged into mainstream yeah so yeah cool man really appreciate you coming on yeah dude thanks so much man appreciate you having me man yeah some good talks it's a great one thank you man all right man so how how do you like to play normally how you play i don't i don't really i don't really ball too much okay (laughs) okay look teach you i just i want to see like you gotta know how to embarrass somebody one-on-one okay (laughs) you gotta know how to go between their legs okay you know it comes to street ball right that's a big thing some Uh people call it the nutmeg some people call it going between the legs so here's what i would do if i approach you right now come up to the defense okay okay you want to give a little crossover like a little boom you want to you want to threaten like you're going to go to the basket like that so i kind of you want them to turn a little bit so you want to get the defense to turn and Uh open up about like 45 just like that right Stay there. If I can get them to go there, then I got them. So what I do is after I cross back here, my left hand, I take a little look at the hoop just for like a second. You know what I'm saying? And then what I like to do is go between my legs and then between their legs. And then I'm pulling it back on them. Damn. <laughs> so here, I'm walking through it again. Look, look, come okay, up, so okay? Come up. You want to get them to turn just so, for a second, okay? Because I think you're going that way. Come back here. Boom, boom, look. And then we go right next to them. So you got to spin this because you're going to think <laughs> oh, that yeah. that way's better. But I'm snatching it back on you. And then you're over there doing, I don't know what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? And that's going to go in like hey. that. <laughs> oh, dang, my bad. Here, I got you. It's not girl, the ideal walk. court here. We got to, we got to. You got to walk through it. Watch oh, the, bro. Uh, these things used to pop the basketball back in the day. I know. Might actually. I had a plant like that. I remember. <laughs> okay, so look. It's the crossover. It's right to left. So right to left. Give the hoop a glance like I'm going to shoot it. You pull this hand uh-huh. right here, right? Between my legs, between their legs. And then snatching it back. And I'm here, and then you're, damn. <laughs> you I don't know. Do it. Show, me it. A, show me when in real time. Like, you I'm actually going to try and okay, go. Okay, in you, real time. Oh, real you, time? You just, like, you just uh, like cross me the shit up. You yeah, know? so, I like, I don't want to fall. Like, I don't want to be one of those guys on YouTube that falls. Good. But <laughs> oh, dang. This ball got some plant in it. Ah, oh, damn. Look, these things are sharp, bro. <laughs> sharp out here i was like why'd i cut my finger oh shit okay no yeah, right? yeah no not literally <laughs> yeah so if i was to come up you in real time it'd be like you know boom pulling <laughs> 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 back i hit that <laughs> look and then i pull a muscle because i'm almost 40 turn 39 <laughs> but yeah so there's that um what else could i show you that one i told you i repurposed remember i told you i repurposed that move i edited it just like the fan uh-huh. So it was a move where I came in here, I put my shoulder on the guy. Shit. I know, more spikes. This might pop the ball. Yeah, I think that's what happened with my other ball. Okay. You so know, I, have a, I have a couple if we So you get the guy right here with your shoulder, right? I gave like a little lean. I leaned this way uh-huh. and I came back like I'm gonna shoot it like Kobe, right? But I give the pump fake. Yeah, so the arm goes up, but the dude's like here, right? They I'm trying to the- block you. So I go boom, and then as they're not knowing where it's at, I throw it up. But as I'm throwing it up, they're thinking I shot it, right? I'm like, Look, they're thinking it's a layup, like, boom. So they, yeah. So they're turning around as it's coming back, and that was that slow-mo 
That's that slow-mo that went off on social. It's oh, like, yeah, As yeah, you're yeah. turning, it's coming back to me, and then I jump in the air, catch, <laughs> and then try to make it. That's called the where you going. We see that one if I'm like, I'm going to actually try and guard you. Yeah, so if it's here, it's, it just depends, though. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> that was fun. I'm trying to think what else I – oh, here's one I can show you. Okay, okay. This is like the most disrespectful move ever. It's called off the heezy, okay? Oh. But I'm gonna do it the friendly way. I ain't gonna headbutt, okay? So if you're down really low- I was gonna really say, I'm gonna low, get the plant spike in my head. And I know, we gotta be careful. Hold up. I don't think we got any spikes on there, okay? So if you're really low, okay. do you wanna do this against feisty defenders who are trying to reach? Like if they're trying to reach on you a whole bunch, you know what I'm saying? You wanna get in here, give them a one, two, three, and then boom, we're up like this, rolling it down. Most of the time they're pissed off, you know what I'm saying? After that happens, so you can use, since they're pissed off and they're kind of out of it, then I kind of give like a little cross and I usually go between their legs. Oh man, just to really end them. Yeah, yeah, as, <laughs> as they're kind of like scurried, that's when you go between the legs. Okay? <laughs> so full speed, it's pop here, boom, one, two, three, pop. Oh, my bad, <laughs> Lawson, look, got good D out here, look. Here. Boom, <laughs> then it's fake, right out of there. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> so there it is, man. What do you think? You think you can take, take from any of those? Fire. I'm just, I was just scared to fall. I'm just glad I didn't fall. I've seen too many guys end up on the ground, you know, just fucking kill. Well, it could. You know, the funny thing is, like, when you, sometimes when you demo these moves, even, like, like my homie Ant, when I first met Ant, I was actually demoing moves with Damian Lillard. Like, he was just had me on site. And so when you do them in place like this, you wonder how somebody could fall. But the real is... Once you get going, you get that cardio, right? So you're already breathing hard. And then <laughs> if you play somebody, honestly, you got to stay in front of them so they don't get a bucket. So when you calculate those two things, now you do these moves. And now people do. Now it's totally different, but it's enough for people to get miscombobulated. <laughs> Next thing you know, they're laying on the ground. <laughs> Dude, man. Yeah. Appreciate it. I got, a, I got a lesson. I got school from the professor. Hey, thanks so much for having me, though, bro. This <laughs> it was super a, cool, man. It was dope, man. Big shout out to Front Page. <laughs> hey, there you go. Let's go.